Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Paul Think Grow podcast. In this episode, I'm going to teach you or talk to you about how to never be angry again. Or if you still become angry, no one would ever really notice. And anger is a big issue in today's society, has been forever for society. But anger is a really big issue that um, seems to pop up quite often these days. And I have found some tools, some tricks, and some things that you can do to ensure that you maintain your own emotional control. But today we're going to specifically talk about anger. So I'm going to start off with saying my name is Paul Davis. I'm a life coach and trainer. And I would like for you, if you would like to get in touch with me or contact me or work with me as a client of my life coaching, or uh, even as um, you can hire me as a trainer, please contact me through paulthinkgrow.com and you can find all the information to contact me there. So never becoming angry again. I'm going to start off with a quote here. Now, my mother used to give me this quote. Um, we used to go to, when we went to school in the U.S., my mother would have a, a little quote book and I remember this very vividly before school each day, we'd either all sort of read a quote or she'd read a quote to us. And from this little quote book, one time she said to me, and I'm not sure if it was from the quote book or not, but I attribute it to the quote book because that's one of my, my earliest memories. Um, she would say, never give anyone the power to make you hate them. And I didn't know what that meant for a long time. However, it sounded very good to me. It was something that stuck with me. And it wasn't until I became an adult and I became um, a life coach or a teacher, a trainer, that I really gave that a lot more thought. Never give anyone the power to make you hate them. Now, at first, it was just more of a, you know, don't hate people. Okay, I get that. As a child, that's the concept I could pick up. But as I got older and got a little bit more experience in life, I realized that every time I was getting upset at something or someone was getting upset or someone was making me upset with whatever issues or whatever, it was my choice to be upset. And the crazy thing is, is your emotions are under your control. However, because we don't deal with emotions directly, a lot of times we just go off of what we feel. And when we feel that emotion, we express that emotion. When we express that emotion, sometimes things like anger can get out of control or can get to a point where it causes you so much pain and so much turmoil, not to mention the, the consequences of your actions based off of that particular emotion. So anger, we're gonna talk about, and we might even call this anger management. And I know that statement, that, that phrase anger management can be triggering for some people because everybody uses it in schools or businesses or whatever. You know, if you do something, they've seen their anger management classes or as an adult, if you, you know, do something that's like a public disturbance or something and because of anger, they, you know, the court might, might send you to an anger management class or whatever it is. Just because these things are used in these manners doesn't mean that they are um, not useful. Okay, there is something to it, but we're going to talk about anger as an emotion, how to deal with it, how to control it, but also how to control a lot of, of other emotions in your life. Any negative emotion that causes you 
pain, strife, or, or anxiety, or depression, or anything, you can use these same principles and, and ideas to manage those and ultimately create a better peace within your life. Okay? So, let's get started. Anger is a nat natural emotion that we all experience from time to time. However, it's become a chronic, it can become chronic and uncontrollable. And if it becomes chronic and uncontrollable, it can have serious negative effects on our physical, get that, on our physical and mental health and relationships and overall well-being together. So that's why it's important to learn how to manage our anger and effectively face it with peace of mind. Now, for some people, that just sounds like airy-fairy. That just sounds like um, it's not even something possible. It sounds like a pie in the sky. It sounds like, you know, your head's in the clouds. That's never going to be a real thing. But I tell you, once we get through this podcast episode, you're going to go, okay, I get what you're saying. I see how that's possible. I now know how to control that. Or I know now how to put, to put things in place to control that. So the quote, never give anyone the power to make you hate them, highlights the fact that our emotions are ultimately under our own control, that we have the power to choose how we react or respond to external stimuli and internal stimuli, but mostly external stimuli. By allowing someone else to, someone else to dictate our emotions, we're essentially, we're essentially relinquishing control over our own inner state and giving them the power over us. However, by recognizing that our emotions are our own responsibility and choosing not to hate or respond in a negative way, we can regain that sense of control and maintain our own inner peace and well-being. In essence, quote suggests that we should say take ownership over our emotions and not allow others to control them as they can lead to a loss of autonomy and personal power. We all know that personal power is something that we must, must maintain. Let's, let's think about loss of control. So reacting impulsively to negative stimuli can be a sign of weakness. And this is something that people kind of run from when they think, oh, you're saying that because I got angry, I'm weak. No, please don't jump to that conclusion. I'm saying it is a, it can be a sign of weakness. Weaknesses are everywhere. In our lives, we have weaknesses everywhere. And built on a structure of experience, knowledge, and comprehension. And when we don't have certain knowledge or certain experiences, or we have had certain knowledge or certain experiences, we create weak points in the way we are, in who we are, in our full being. So just by saying that it responding impulsively to negative stimuli can a sign of weakness, it can just suggest that our emotions are essentially influenced by external factors, by things that happen to us, the experiences that we've gone through. And by contrast, having control over our emotions is not feeling the need to react to every negative situation. And that can demonstrate strength and resilience. People that have gone through certain things can actually go through those things again, a lot of times, again, and go, this doesn't bother me because I've, I've survived it already. So I don't have to be as angry. I don't have to be as upset. You take a person who, um, in general, has um, dated someone 
basically, uh, you know, they cheated on, right? And it's it's a stinging thing. It hurts. It's, it's horrible. And then they date somebody else. And they date somebody else who cheats on. So they go through a few of these, and then after a while, they just kind of go, you know what? This is just the way people are. It stops. That first initial one is devastating. That next one still devastating, but not so much. The the the, the follow up still devastating. Then you get to a point where you kind of go, I got to find something different. I got to look for something different. Engage with something different than, than these types of people. So it becomes a strength. It can become a strength and make you more resilient. And I'm not saying that you should go and do that or that you should experience that or that it's great to experience that. I'm just saying that you can take a positive from a negative and create a more resilient and, and strong mental state. And when we allow ourselves to be constantly pulled into different emotions, directions we can lose our inner balance and sense of control and you might feel overwhelmed or stressed and that may cause a bunch of problems and on the other hand by by developing a stronger sense of emotional regulation we can maintain a greater level of peace and tranquility in our lives even when faced with difficult and challenging situations in essence the ability to control our emotions is a powerful tool tool that can allow us to maintain our inner strength and stability rather than being at the mercy of external events or people. So by choosing not to react impulsively to negative stimuli, we can cultivate a more peaceful and fulfilling life and become more resilient in the face of adversity. But think about it like this. Some people may intentionally try to invoke negative emotional responses in others in order to manipulate or control them or and for their own benefit and we can can imagine this because we know someone who is like that by exploiting the, the weakness of emotional control they can leverage the power of negative emotions such as anger fear or sadness to gain an advantage over someone these manipulative individuals they use tactics like a tripping um, you know saying something that's grit that makes you just makes you gut drop that's just horrible and that can create a strong emotional response gaslighting denying your uh your, your reality and and acting as if what you're saying is backwards or wrong by shaming somebody or even belittling to provoke negative emotional response in their target they use uh more subtle forms of emotional manipulation such as gaslighting or or passive aggressive behavior make others doubt their own emotions and perceptions and however by by developing a greater emotional control and resilience we can become less vulnerable to these tactics and regain our sense of personal power when we're able to recognize and regulate our emotions in a healthy way we can resist attempts of others to manipulate us through emotional means you understand what i'm saying in essence the emotional control is not just a personal strength, but a form of self-protection against those who would seek to use our emotions against us by maintaining our inner balance and self-control, navigate the complex and social dynamics of the world around us with greater confidence and clarity. So this is why we're talking about anger and managing that anger and understanding that anger managing that anger to having our own personal control.
having a, a strong personal control. So let's get into the outline for, for just a second. I, I wanted to put that out there because I wanted you guys to understand that managing your anger is not just managing your anger. It's managing your emotional state and your emotion, having emotional control. By having emotional control, you don't have to worry about being manipulated. And even if you find yourself in a manipulative situation where you've experienced something, you go, I didn't think I would be there. It's not your fault that you are there or have been there or have been manipulated. It is how you respond to that manipulation that counts. It's how it doesn't break you down. It doesn't tear you apart. It doesn't destroy your sense of self. And that's what emotional control does. It gives you a framework by which you can experience anything and also identify a lot of things that you can avoid. But you can experience anything and still have peace and tranquility within your own life. So let's explain why emotional control and anger or anger management is an important topic to discuss. Anger management is an important topic because uncontrolled anger can have significant negative effects on uh, your mental and physical health, your relationships, and overall quality of life. We said that before. Anger is not managed. If when anger is not managed properly, it can lead to issues like aggressive behavior, conflict with others, difficult managing, difficult managing your own stress, and. On top of that, chronic anger can be uh, can contribute to the development of depression, anxiety, and other mental disorders. And if you listen to any of my other podcast episodes, you'll find that there are a lot of physical problems that come with anxiety, depression, and um, even like that disconnect of mental disorders and things because of the fact that your body is regulated and ran your mind and your emotional states can actually affect you physically. Anger can negatively affect personal relationship and professional success. So if you ever want to be successful in life, being able to understand how to just not allow yourself to be gaslit or controlled by others' um, attempts can, can create such a beautiful tranquility within yourself and create such a professional um, or about you. Uh, frequent outbursts of anger can damage relationships with loved ones, with friends, with colleagues, and it can lead to social isolation and difficulties in finding and maintaining healthy relationships. Some people can find themselves not able to, to um, have a good relationship with someone because of their inability to control their emotional responses emotional replies so let's talk about the evolutionary properties to anger so anger is is a strong emotional response that can have a range from mild annoyance to intense rage and can be triggered by a perceived threat or injustice or even a frustration and it's a very normal human emotion that serves a purpose in evolutionary terms um from an evolutionary perspective, anger is a survival mechanism that evolved to protect individuals from potential threats or danger. When faced with a perceived threat, anger activates the fight or flight response, which 
prepares the body to either fight or flee from the threat. And in this response, increased heart rate, blood pressure, adrenaline levels, uh, which can help the individuals respond quickly and effectively to the threat. Anger also serves as a social purpose by allowing individuals to assert themselves and defend their interests, their boundaries, and even their social status. And it can motivate individuals to stand up for themselves, their loved ones, and or their community. And this can help them address injustices and social inequalities. Anger has a place in society. It has a place in you as a person. But it's not just a bad thing. Controlling it doesn't mean to chop it off and never be angry again. But to never be perceived as angry again is what I'm trying to get at. Having the control to, you can be upset and be angry and have these anger um, moments pop up but it doesn't ruin your life. It doesn't destroy anything. You don't say something that you regret. You don't destroy a relationship. You don't lose a job. You don't, because you are at peace and tranquil within yourself because you have the control. And it doesn't mean you bottle it up. It doesn't mean that you bottle up. Some people hear control and they hear, oh, well, you shouldn't hold your anger in. I'm not saying hold your anger in at all. There are ways to relieve anger. There are ways to address anger. There are ways to use anger. All of that is valid and, and real. But I'm not saying that you should bottle it up. What I'm saying is have control over your anger and your emotions. When you have control over your emotions, you can be as angry as you've ever been in your whole life. It doesn't affect you in the sense that it becomes physically um, harmful, socially harmful. Uh, it, it doesn't become mentally harmful or damaging. So there's a lot of ways to actually utilize this, this anger management or this, this emotional management to control your own peace and tranquility. We've had people that, you, you know people yourself, or I know people that, um, you know, the worst of the worst thing happened and they say to themselves, you know what? That's just them. That's that's not on me. That's on them. That's on somebody else. If they want to feel that way, they want to act that way. And they can be very angry about a situation or, a, or an experience. But they don't let that situation and experience become the defining properties in their life, become the thing that they are known by, the way they respond. And it's, it's very, very intriguing to me that people can wear their emotions on their sleeve then when someone sees it or manipulates it or touches it or uses it against them, they, f they figure they're doing something wrong. Well, there are a lot of people who are going to use your emotions against you no matter what. It's how they were raised. It's how they have learned to survive in the world. But you cannot fault everybody if your emotional control is non-existent, where everything triggers you. And when you are triggered, you respond in a very uh, you know, very offset or difficult or, or violent or very uh, non-productive way. So anger is not one of those things that's just uh, uh, on the person who made you angry. There's also you. There's a major part of you because you are the one who holds that feeling. Control it. You can turn it off if you want to. And that, that's something that we have done. You have had times where you've been angry and upset and then something else happens and you bust out laughing. You were really incensed and very upset. 
and then something else happens and then the anger just goes away that shows you that anger is this this impulsive emotion that shows up but you can actually turn it off change it subside it make it less it doesn't have to result in an aggressive posture or a very um mentally disturbing reply or anything like that but i've seen people who something small can trigger them to something huge and they have this as a response because whatever reasons or experiences or 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 historical things they've been through they actually have this very soft and short fuse where anything can set them off and a lot of times people don't want to hang out with that person and and that only makes that person more angry because they don't have you know relationships with people they can't maintain relationships or friendships or or whatever with people they can't do certain things with people they that they don't want to be around certain people they don't want people don't want to be around them um people don't want to engage in that people don't invite them places because let's say you had a party and you always you invite the person that always gets angry at everything causes a huge scene makes everybody upset people start going we're just here to have a good time but every time this person comes they cause some drama they cause some issues they're screaming they're yelling and don't let them be um you know inebriated in any form or fashion it will become a, a a big what i don't really like to say a shitstorm becomes a very horrible thing everybody knows people like that and they know that those people don't get invited places because they people don't want to be around them and that makes those people even more upset and then when you do invite them they have this this posture of you know you invited me for something why or also you know how come i wasn't at this event or that event or how come you didn't invite me to your birthday and but i came to this one and then it becomes like a big angry thing again and no one wants to tiptoe around someone who can't control their emotional responses to their own thoughts or to external stimuli so these are things that we are talking about to be able to do these are ways with this is why I'm doing this podcast because I want to give you ways to, to to be able to change that. Even if you're not an angry person, these tools will actually help you become more con- in control of your own emotions, your own thought processes, and of your own feelings, and be more tranquil and at peace. All right. So, and anger can be the examples that I gave. Man, there can be so many different examples. So many different examples, so many different ways that this can present itself. It can be um, absolutely—it's—it's—it's inexhaustive how many scenarios we can think of that people can have or express anger issues, or chronic anger, anger, or even passive-aggressive anger. Which leads me to the next point: there are five major types of anger. And I'm going to go through the five major types, but of course there are more types of anger, but I'm just going to go through five of them that will be like just addressing as, so you have a a basic understanding of what I'm pointing to when I'm talking about certain scenarios and certain situations. The first one is passive aggressive anger. So this type of anger is characterized by an indirect and subtle expression of anger, like sarcasm or backhanded compliments or 
um, intentionally procrastinating or being uh, forgetful. These passive-aggressive angers, this is passive-aggressive anger, and it can be challenging to identify and can lead to feelings of frustration, confusion, and confusion in others. So, and that's one that we all know somebody that's passive-aggressive, okay? That they, the back, the backhanded compliments where they sound, it sounds like they're saying something positive, but they're really not. And I, I know a few of these and I tell you what, they, it is disturbing because once you identify that this is this person's way of just being themselves, it's quite disturbing. It's quite disturbing because they can't give you, can't say a compliment without making it something that's also a, um, that's also a dig at you. That's also something that's that's negative at the same time. Second one is explosive anger. So this anger is characterized by sudden and intense outbursts of anger. It might include shouting or throwing objects or even physical aggression. It can be unpredictable and escalate quickly, leading to a destructive consequence. Leading to destructive consequences. Um. I don't have to explain that one. That one's straightforward as well. Chronic anger is the third one. Chronic anger is, is uh, characterized by persistent and long-lasting feeling of anger and hostility, often related to the past experiences or 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 or, or blah, blah blah or ongoing stressors. Chronic anger can contribute to physical and mental health problems as well as interpersonal conflicts and difficulties. So chronic anger is something that I suggest you go and get some professional help for. Speak to your doctor, speak to a psychiatrist, speak to a counselor, excuse me, <coughs> and work on that because chronic anger can be physically devastating to the person who is, who is chronically angry. It is it's persistent and it doesn't just fade away. Self-righteous anger is number four. Self-righteous anger is characterized by a sense of moral superiority and entitlement, often triggered by perceived injustice or violation of one's values. This type of anger can be self-destructive and lead to alienation and conflict in others. Now, there is a place for social anger because you know we all know that we all know that there is social injustice throughout the world social injustice throughout the world and of course people get angry at those injustices and take your take it upon yourself to you know do something about it but when it's just as, when it's a superiority thing or a, a quest for moral superiority or entitlement and you, you're just triggered by an injustice violation that you that is attached to your beliefs or your values not so much about other people's, um, you know, civil rights or social rights or specific things that um, that are characterized within the law. It can just become a self-righteous anger of one's own personal beliefs. And that's that's difficult to to understand for most people who don't hold those same beliefs. Number five retaliatory anger anger this anger is characterized by the desire for revenge um, retali retaliation against the perceived wrongdoing or harm that someone caused and it can be 
be impulsive and very irrational and can lead to further conflict and harm. These are the five ones that that I'm specifically uh, quoting or, or, or highlighting. However, we're not going to we're not going to dig into how to work against these or anything particular about these. I just wanted to highlight the five um, major anger points that um, that I based a lot of this research on. Okay, so before we get started with the next section, we're going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back with the next part of this in a moment. Welcome back uh, to the next part of this anger management or anger control um, segment of this podcast. I want to just go over it quickly. Passive aggressive anger. We're talking about the the five major types of anger that I focused on when this research. Um, the passive aggressive anger, explosive anger, chronic anger, uh, self righteous anger, and retaliatory anger. Now I'm going to talk about and highlight the five major negative effects of chronic anger. So on a physical and mental health, on your physical, mental health, physical and mental health, sorry, the five major negative effects, because we're talking about chronic anger now. Chronic anger is, like I said before, it is the anger that is characterized by persistent and long lasting feelings of hostility. And this we we understand this because there there are situations that can cause us to maintain hostility towards a situation or an experience and be angry consistently uh, throughout the rest of our lives. If we don't have some sort of support and help to deal with it or some way to release that, it can cause some real physical and mental health issues. So the first major negative effect of chronic anger is cardiovascular problems. So anger can contribute to an increased risk of cardiovascular problems like high blood pressure, heart disease, and even a stroke. And this is because anger can cause a release of stress hormones, which can lead to constricted blood vessels and an increased heart rate. So hear me on this, chronic anger can cause cardiovascular problems. Having that held in, not not worked on, no support, not going to see someone can cause you heart problems and can even cause you things like stroke because it messes with your, your blood pressure and your heart and you know all that kind of stuff and restrict blood vessels and all that kind of thing. So the next major negative effect of chronic anger is digestive issues. Chronic anger can also contribute to the digestive issues such as irritable bowel syndrome or IBS and even ulcers. Wouldn't believe it, but anger, chronic anger can actually cause ulcers within your body. And this is because anger can increase stomach acid production and contribute to inflammation and uh, other problems within the digestive system. So, that's something to be thinking about. Um, 
Another major effect of chronic anger is weakened immune system. We all need our immune system to be working as efficient as possible here in these days. It's 2023. We've just been through some crazy stuff. So weaknesses, weakened immune system. Chronic anger can weaken the immune system, making individuals more susceptible to illnesses and infections. And this is also because stress hormones released during anger can suppress the immune system's ability to fight off pathogens. Do you understand how deep this is now? Chronic anger can also um, cause an effect. Well, sorry. Another ne major negative effect of chronic anger is depression and anxiety. And we've just said cardiovascular problems, digestive issues, weakened immune system. Chronic anger can contribute to the development of depression and anxiety, and it can lead to feelings of, of helplessness, hopelessness, and frustration, and can also contribute to social isolation and difficulties in forming and maintaining healthy relationships. And these two, this depression and anxiety, can cause a lot of issues with your with your physical body as well, because heightened levels of anxiety for a long period of time can shut your organs down can cause you some real big problems. Now, probably not as dramatic as I just said, but it can cause some really big problems with the digestive system, with your heart, with your blood vessels, with all of these things. Um, and your mental state is a huge part. Um, and one of the final uh, major negative effects of chronic anger is uh, substance abuse. Chronic anger can contribute to substance abuse and addiction as people might turn to drugs or alcohol as a way to cope with their feelings of anger and frustration. And it doesn't even just have to be drugs and alcohol. It could be sex. It could be, you know, other um, intense interpersonal um, interactions. You could, you could need people to um, be a certain way or act a certain way or do a certain thing or whatever because of your uh, chronic anger. And this is something that we have to look at. In society today, there are people who require and need certain things that are pretty much their addiction because of their their mental state. And I'm not saying that all these things are bad. I'm not saying that all mental states are bad. I'm saying that chronic anger can lead to substance abuse as well as other other um, addictions because you're trying to find a way to cope with the feelings of anger and frustration and that is a huge huge problem with you know if you've got anxiety and depression and things like that on top of these things or resulting from anger issues you're going to find that substance abuse is going to be something that would be very um, high, uh, highly, uh, highly sought after, or, or not highly sought after. Let me get this right. You're gonna find that substance abuse will go hand in hand with anxiety and depression as a result from anger or chronic anger. So this is something that, and we all know that substance abuse is something that causes a lot of physical as well as emotional and mental problems. So the five major negative negative effects of chronic 
anger on their physical and mental, cardiovascular problems, digestive issues, weakened immune system, depression and anxiety, and substance abuse. And these are not the only five. These are just five that I wanted to put out there for the sake of just having a few to describe um, some of the real major issues with anger. So let's step into identifying anger because before we can actually deal with it, we need to be able to identify that this is an issue. Recognizing the physical and emotional signs of anger is important for managing this intense emotion effectively. Here's some common signs that, that anger is an issue. Physical signs of anger. So signs of anger might include uh, increased heart rate, rapid breathing, muscle tensions, sweating, and, and even trembling. Individuals might experience headaches, stomach aches, or even digestive issues as we described before. So there is there are physical signs of, of anger becoming um, too much or having, having too much space in your life. But these physical signs are just to identify that anger is uh, there in a sense. And the, the more severe these are, the more help you're going to need to go and get and the more damage it could cause to your physical body. Emotional signs of anger are, are um, including feelings of irritability or frustration, resentment, or even hostility. And people might experience an, a, a sense of injustice, unfairness, or even disrespect because they're emotionally in a state where all these things or any of these things can become heightened um, very, very, uh, very sensitive. So emotional signs of anger can also be a way for you to understand that, okay, it's important that I need to manage these, these intense emotions. Behavioral signs of anger. Uh, they might include yelling and shouting, um, slamming doors, throwing objects, or engaging in physical aggression. And people might also withdraw or become silent in response to their anger. Now, we all have a way of dealing with our anger, but this is something that, if this is something that's 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 uh, a lot in your life, you slam doors all the time, or you have somebody that's always slamming doors out of anger, throwing objects, or engaging in physical aggression. There, this could be a sign that anger is becoming an issue or has become an issue, is an issue. And finally, on this recognizing the physical and emotional signs, anger segment, I want to say cognitive signs of anger um, might include intrusive or repetitive thoughts. And this is one that only you will be able to identify for yourself unless somebody comes and tell you, hey, I just had this thought. Um... <clears throat> Re, reliving past events of perceived injustices or even difficulty concentrating on simple things like, you know, toasting. I'm going to just talk about the, the, the normal, you know, spacing where we just kind of forget to do something because we're doing something else. But you're generally doing something and then you just can't concentrate on what's going on. If you've ever had anger make you not able to make you get into a state where you can't concentrate, um, you'll understand what I'm saying. This this concentration is 
avoid it altogether. Where you could be, like I said, cooking toast and have just stood at the, the bench top and you've had the toaster there and you just can't concentrate on the fact that you need to put the bread into the toaster. It just doesn't compute anymore because of anger. And this has made you just blank out. Now, a lot of people go blank when they get too angry. A lot of people go what they call blackout, but they just, they just don't, they're not there anymore. And these can be combined with, with you know, acts of aggression or um, acts of uh, very, very, um, uh, very with, withdrawal self, withdrawal silent responses where they basically just can't communicate with anybody. They can't focus or concentrate or anything. They're, they're basically just running on fumes. So cognitive signs of anger can 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 include, you know, repetitive or intrusive thoughts um, that that cause you to uh, sort of have these um, mitigating responses. I guess you could say. And we've we've talked about uh, um, talked about all the physicals. We talked about the emotional, behavior, and cognitive, and some examples of triggers. Let's think about that. Uh, when we think about identifying anger, we also need to identify uh, the triggers for anger. So things that pop up that make you angry, and depending on the the depending on the intensity of these things. You can tell whether or not you have an anger issue. Let's say a traffic, say you're in traffic and you know, you're behind a car that, that stops a little too fast or something like that. And your anger shoots through the roof where you'd rather get out of the car and bash this person near to death because of this minor infraction. And it had nothing to do with you, but they did this because of some other reason, but you are ready to destroy them. Um, or have a or have huge disagreements and huge fights over very small things. You'll find that these are triggers because there is a underlying anger issue that you might need to work on or get some help with. Let's talk about rethinking uh, perspectives on anger. So cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, which I've talked about a, a few other times in, in, in a couple of my other episodes. Uh, these techniques can be used to challenge negative thoughts and beliefs and aim to help the help the individual or help you identify and change these negative thought patterns and behaviors that can contribute to the emotional distress, including anger and its, its fallouts. And here are a few um, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that um, that you can use. So identifying the automatic thoughts. So the first step in cognitive behavior therapy is to identify automatic thoughts, thoughts that can arise quickly and automatically in response to a situation. You've had something happen and then you think like this, or you think about this. If you, every time somebody says something you don't like, you want to kick their butt, you want to beat them up. That's an automatic thought. It's something that comes in at the snap of a finger, you didn't try to, to I, you didn't need, mean to, you don't even really want to, but that thought pops up. That is an automatic thought. And 
<clears throat> these thoughts can be negative, like, you know, something that's, that you just go like, this is unfair. And it's something small or even something big, but that's the first thing, this is unfair. Or they always do this to me. These are quotes, quote thoughts that I can think of. And these identify, by identifying these thoughts, you can begin to challenge and even reframe them in a more constructive way. So if you don't identify that these thoughts are popping up, there's no way to change them because before you can do any kind of change, any challenging, anything, you will definitely need to identify that they are there and accept that that is true. Everybody is so unique and so different to not accept that something is happening when it's happened to you a lot is to just ignore it. It's, it's total ignorance. Challenging negative thoughts is another way, another cognitive behavioral therapy technique. Um, so once automatic thoughts are identified, individuals can challenge them, use evidence-based techniques such as evidence gathering and thought records. For example, you might ask yourself if the negative thought is based on fact or just assumption. Or is there ev any evidence to, to support that particular thought? And then replacing those negative thoughts with positive ones. So after challenging your thoughts, you can replace them with a positive thought. This can involve developing coping statements such as, I can handle this, or I'm in control of my own emotions, or I don't even, I don't even feel that bad about this, to help manage the anger in a more constructive way. And then you got to practice these relaxation techniques. You got to practice these techniques. And on top of that, relaxation techniques such as breathing, progressive muscle relaxations, relaxation, or, or mindfulness meditation can help people manage their anger by reducing the physical tension and promoting relaxation. Now, the, the, the breathing, you definitely need to do. A lot of times when we get angry, Hold our breath. We, we start breathing faster, or you you kind of hold your hold yourself in a tense position. Progressive muscle relaxation is to identify a muscle in your body, and then give it a little bit of tension and relieve it and let it go. So you know how you show somebody your arm is strong, you make the muscle, let the muscle go. That's that's you using that um, particular muscle to show the muscle and then relax the muscle. Do the same thing throughout your body. Find your chest is getting tight. Take a couple of deep breaths. Tighten your chest a little and then relax it and let yourself relax. Tighten your shoulders and let your shoulders relax. This is you progressively identifying the muscle, tensing it and relaxing it. So you are doing this physically yourself. This technique, it sounds a little bit odd, but this technique can help you relieve physical stress and create a more physical state. The, the last little one I want to say in the cognitive therapy, um, the, the, sorry, that's what I want to say in the cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that I want you to think about is role playing or, and rehearsing alternative behaviors. Now, some people who have chronic anger, role playing can help role playing and, you know, rehearsing alternative behaviors can help people develop more constructive ways of responding to a situation that trigger their anger. This might involve you practicing assertive communication, 
problem solving, and even conflict resolution skills. So, <clears throat> so you'll find that by talking it out and pretending as if you you are in a situation can then help you change your automatic um, your automatic responses to anger. Excuse me, I got a tickle in my throat. I must have been talking too much. This is something that's that's very very useful. It's role playing, and this creates this gives you practice in responding to things. So here's some examples of reframing negative thoughts in a positive light. So when I said before, identifying it and then change challenging it and then reframing it. So to identify it is to say, yep. I see, I think like that every time this comes up. Challenging is to, okay, I need to do something about it. Reframing it is, all right, I'm going to actually um, change the way I think. The more you do it, the more practice you put into it, the easier it will become. You'll find that your responses to angers, uh, to things that usually would stimulate anger in you, will actually become less and less, and you'll have responses instead of replies. You'll have, um, you know, I know what to say when this thing comes up, doesn't bother me as much. So here's an example of a negative thought reframed into a positive thought. Negative thought. I can't believe I made such a stupid mistake. Reframing this is making mistakes is a natural part of learning. So I can use this to experience how to grow and improve. So I can use this experience how to be better. Here's another one, a negative thought. I never do anything right. Reframe that to be like, everyone makes mistakes and focus on my strengths and accomplishments, and then I'll get this better. I'll get this better. And there is no limit to how many times you can do this. The more you do it, the better you will get. Here's a negative thought. This situation is hopeless. Another way to reframe this, there are many potential situations there are many potential solutions to this situation, and I just have to explore different options to find a positive outcome. Here's one more. Um, let's say, negative thought, I can't handle this situation. Reframe that the situation may be challenging, but I can cope with it by taking things one step at a time, seeking support when I need it. You understand? There is something that you can do. When you're managing your own thoughts, you want to use breathing techniques, deepening your breathing exercises or working using breathing exercises actually helped you to reduce physical stress, which in turn does help your mental stress. And it calms all the raging storm down. Take slow, deep breaths, the nose and out through the mouth. Using progressive muscle relaxation, like I said, involves you know, tension and releasing each muscle group in the body to promote relaxation and reduce the tension. Mindfulness meditation, mindfulness meditation, oh my goodness, mindfulness meditation help to reduce stress, promote relaxation, and help you focus on now. You know, what's going on right now? Where do I need to be mentally? Engage in physical exercise. A lot of people that, that when they get upset, they go for a jog, they go for a walk, they go for a run, they go uh, exercise at the gym. Some people get 
mad nigga to do. Wish I was that way. But, you know, when you get upset, going to the gym, release that physical stress, which in turn relieves mental stress. Practicing self-care. So engage in activities to promote relaxation. Self-care, such as you know, taking a bath, listening to music, playing a video game, um, spending time in nature, hanging out with somebody who really enjoy, um, going to watch a movie, something that just is for you. Using visual imagery. So imagine yourself in a peaceful and calming environment. This might sound very hippie-ish, but I'm going to tell you something. The reason why hippies don't scream and throw things at each other and be known to be angry people because they'll sit down and take a moment Think about themselves in a peaceful and common environment, such as like a beach or a forest or anything. Visualizing a common environment can help to reduce stress and promote relaxation throughout your whole body and your mental state. And finally, taking some time out. Feel angry, take a break. Remove yourself from the situation. This can help you calm the body, responses to anger, and promote relaxation. That's seven tips right there that you can do. And my biggest thing is that people get to a point where they they know some of these things, they know these things, but for some reason, um, because it seems too clinical or because it seems too dorky or nerdy or weird or off or, you know, just not them, they don't try it. I'm telling you, trying these things as a human being understanding that just because something seems dorky, weird, nerdy, funny, odd, we don't do that, or whatever, and it's something that you know is positive, something that you know can work, because you're a human being too. You know that when you get angry, just taking a moment, taking a breath, breathing in, breathing out, visualizing some positive things, changing the way you say things, changing the way you feel, will actually change the whole situation, but you know this, don't do it. This is you choosing to be in the state of anger. And of course, like I said, there are times where anger is useful. What happens when anger is something that stops you from living the life you want to live? What happens when anger is something that stops you from you know, having the relationships you want to have, having the profession you want to have? This is why I say all the time, you may be able to get me personally to be upset by whatever means, but it is highly unlikely that you are going to see me express my anger in any shape or form. Not because I have some superpower, not because I have some type of ability. It's just because it's not what I want. And giving someone the power externally to control my emotions seems like a lose-lose situation for me. It seems like a losing situation for me. So I would more more um, just more often just walk away from a situation and tell myself, well, you know, that situation was this way. It's just the way it is. Going about my life. Because I don't have a need for validation 
others. And arguments, I said this in one of my classes and everybody, I'll say it in a few of my classes, but screaming matches are just a bid to be heard. That's all screaming matches are. You're screaming so the other person gets louder. And the next thing you know, both of you are screaming at each other. It doesn't do any good because neither one of you are listening. Neither one of you are hearing anything. You don't listen just to learn. You listen to allow somebody else to get their point across so that you can do the same. That's what listening is when you when you have an argument or disagreement. So screaming matches. This is why you don't have that thing that is an aggressive thing. Now, the only time my aggression shows is when I hear a bump in the house in the middle of the night and I think, oh, somebody's breaking into the house or something's happening or somebody's outside or whatever. Then I don't go into a state of anger. I go into a state of, let's go have some fun. That's just me. So don't, don't at me. Don't judge me. That's just me. I need to protect my house. That's when my, that's when all of my stuff pops up. Everything else, grown man. I don't have this thing where you have, you can trigger me or make me become something that I don't want to be. And this is why I put these techniques out there to give you the ability to do the exact same, to manage your emotions, all of your emotions if you want, but to manage anger. There are tips you can use. Practice breathing. Use muscle relaxation. Relaxation. Use mindfulness. Think about where you are, who you are, what you want out of life right now, where you are in this situation. Engage in physical exercise. Practice self-care. Use visual imagery. Take some time out and do something for you. Be you. Be you at all times. Don't allow the world or anyone in the world to make you angry. So, never give anyone the power to make you anything. Become who you want to be based off of who you want to be and your own emotions under your control. Thank you very much for listening. Paul Davis, hope you had a good time. Later.